most of the time I sort of have an idea of what I'm going to talk about when I talk to you guys. So today is Saturday, but you will be listening to this on Sunday. And today's episode is going to be a little bit like TMI, a little bit like you should probably tell your therapist that. Like, it's cool. Give me a second. I need to open the door for my dog. He felt alone. Anyways, so today I'm going to be talking to you guys a little bit about um, my poetry that I write. And then I don't like, that's not what I do with my life. But sometimes whenever I'm feeling hella depressed, I'll poem something. All right. But before I get to the poems. Oh, by the way, you guys, the reason we're talking about poems is because that yesterday I was writing this poem. It's pretty cliche for me. Um, what's wrong? My dog is all sad. Anyways, I posted on Facebook. As a Mexican woman, I obviously wrote a poem about corn. LOLs. Anyways, if I get enough likes, I will post it. Also, I went through my old poems, and they are all right. Yes, and shockingly, I am shooketh, you guys. Shooketh. I got 11 likes. Shooketh. This poem is titled Teosinte. We will get to it. But first, let's talk about uh, the thing. Sometimes I was thinking of doing this quote of the day, quote of the week. Like, I can have a quote for both of my episodes because, like, there are quotes that are funny and then there are quotes that are, you know, hilarious. But today we have an article because I like to have articles. And I shared this on my Facebook page so you will be able to find it. It's posted on KQED News and it is called Just Like My Mother, How We Inherit Our Parents' Traits and Tragedies. Um, It seems kind of disrespectful to talk about your parents in a non-positive way. But here's the thing. Parents are like humans and we think they are like gods, but they are humans. And before they had us, they were us. So, hello. It's like, you know. So when I think of my mom, I'm not going to tell you guys anything about her life, but... There's been brief moments where I'm like, oh shit, really? That happened to me too. Like, that happens to me too. And it's like about like feelings, not specific situations. And then when I think of my dad, everybody like sort of tells me, well, you don't really know him. Like, I'm like, you don't really know if I know him or not. Like, shut your face. I would argue that I did have a connection to my father because, dude, he was my father, so. Anyways, so I'm probably going to talk about my father, which I avoid at all costs, but yeah, why not? Alright, so the article is about this woman who is in her 30s, and she has parents from Vietnam. Now, you know there are a lot of things going on in, that were going on in Vietnam, and probably are still going on. Um, so her parents kind of experienced a lot of trauma because of you know war and stuff like that um so i would like for you to read this article but you know then she had a conversation with her father and you know to her surprise her father actually you know opened up and was talking and sort of made her realize like oh i see it it made this 
big picture for her, I'm assuming. Like, I get what's going on here. And for me, I guess I've sort of had the same realization, but not to the extent because my family did not live in a war-torn area. But still, you, like, you go through things as a family, and it made me think of how I could relate that to my life. And then it brings up this other conversation about the way that I see things now, as opposed to how I did before I started, you know, community college. So let me take a brief break so I can breathe, because I am sick, you guys. So often in, you know, our circles, I'm assuming that you're like me, you'll hear the word decolonize and I mentioned this about um, mental health where you have to get POC centered mental health because just things are different for us I feel and and it's the same no 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 like it's both I, I was literally talking about this right now <laughs> yeah that's how I see things now you know you have to decolonize a lot of things in my life that cause me pain are directly related to me being a person of color yes you i am a person of color you know anyways so you know i don't know i'm just not as hard on myself as i used to be i had a teacher in um this this maybe it's not all related but i feel like it all ties together I was in my history class and you know often you get to talk about like not really but sometimes you get to talk about like people of color in universities and I'm talking about you know poor people of color in universities of course there's people of color in universities that come from money I'm not talking about those and maybe even those two I don't know you talk about how like our experience is slightly different you know we come in and Often, if you're like me, I feel like in a high school, there's this, like, set of, like, 20 children who are, like, the special children who are, like, the ones that are going to do something with their life. And if you're not part of that, a lot of the times, a lot of the times, nobody cares about you. I'm just going to be honest with you. As a matter of fact, when I was in high school, I was part of the dumb kids and kids that were told you're not going to graduate high school, you're not going to do anything with your life. Oh, you're going to go to community college. Guess what? You're going to be there five years. And I was there for three and a half years at no fault of my own, other than I changed my major and I couldn't pass my stats class. Um, let's go back to what we were talking about. Right. It's, it's this big picture. A lot of people can do a lot of things, but a lot of people can't. And we often judge those people. I had this professor and, and he was like, oh, that's very colonial. And, and it made me think about that. Like, a lot of things are colonial. And I, you know, this has nothing to do with, like, a lot of things. That I remember, and I know I'm, like, bouncing from idea to idea, but you should be able to keep up. So I'm not, like, well, maybe, I don't know. I can't keep up with myself sometimes. Um, shit, I forgot. Okay, so there's the this group of people on the internet who wants to take to claim back our indigenous 
I can't pronounce that, but you know, the fact that we're um, indigenous as well as whatever other crap we are, as a mestizo people. Okay, so they want to be called Nicantlaca. But for me, as an anthropology major, it's hard for me to take that word and be like, yes, this is what Mexican people are because it's it's just, I don't see it that way. The point being, they're always talking about, like, yes, colonialism, how it um, started and how... Mestiza has started, which is through the rape of indigenous women by these men who got here. And I was like, I need, we need to move on from that. And, and I don't know, I just, the way they talk about it seems really aggressive to me. But that's the thing. Like, we are experiencing the effects of colonialism to this day worldwide, you know, so let go i don't know maybe not and the thing that i wanted to tell you before my mind drifted was that um my teacher said that um sometimes people of color students in universities survive more because we've been through a lot and we're sort of prepared to deal with hardships and that doesn't stop us and for people who haven't like exactly experience the same hardships hardships as us damn i said that all wrong it's harder for them to get through university okay so i'm 23 years old you look at me some would argue that i'm not that ugly and some would argue that maybe they want to talk to me i don't know but the thing is these things that I'm telling you right now, it's not something you immediately see. You probably think. A lot of people have weird ideas about me. Like when I volunteered at a um, daycare, they thought that I was the type of girl who, you know, had a boyfriend. And I'm like, yo, I can barely even talk to boys. What do you mean? I was like 15 or something. I don't remember. I turned 15. And these aren't things that you straight up see in somebody but definitely things that people are feeling and going through as a matter of fact yes that entire thing i don't even know what i'm saying anymore so i don't know i think it's important to see the bigger picture and even though it seems like you don't have that many things going against you like you're fine i um and i said to my sister the other day i was like i don't understand why I am like this. I haven't been through any sort of substantial trauma. I don't get why I'm like this. And you really, like, I'm not crying, dude. I'm sick. Um, oh wow, that sounded like a huge lie. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You have to see the big, big picture. Maybe you haven't been through that much, but there is so much history and like that article talks about like generational trauma i look at my mom i look at my grandma i look at my father i look at his father you know like hello i don't know so something to think about like so if you're like going through depression or something anxiety don't be hard on yourself i used to be so deeply embarrassed and ashamed of being 
someone with depression, but I moved on from that. Like, I realize now that a lot of people go through it, and it's not as long as I'm taking care of myself and, you know, because it's important to take care of yourself because you have interactions with people every day and you're still part of this world, so it's important to, like, you know, be part of this world. <laughs> okay, so back to my poem. See, this is a really long intro because I want it to sort of... And here's the thing. My poems are very, very simple, like a couple of sentences, and you're like, well, eh, like sentences, where is all the beautiful language of poetry? Sometimes poetry doesn't have to be that amazing. It's about one-liners that touch your heart and how one sentence and two words can mean so much more than what they appear on paper. That is the entire point of me sharing all that TMI information with you. But before I share my poem with you, haha, I made you wait for it. I'm going to read you guys a Tupac poem. Hopefully I can get through it because my throat hurts. Also, um, yes, I watched uh, Atypical, and I told you guys about that. Oh, shit, no, this is not about Atypical. We'll talk about this later. Let me read the poem to you by Tupac Shakur, who has, you know, really good poetry and whatnot. Okay, here I go. And we'll pause, though, because, um, I don't know if I can read it in two minutes. Sometimes when I am alone, I cry, because I am on my own. The tears I cry are bitter and warm. They flow with life but take no form. I cry because my heart is torn. I find it difficult to carry on. If I had an ear to confide in... Dude, stop bringing my poetry. My dog, I don't even know where he is anymore. I would cry among my treasured friend, but who do you know that stops that long? to help another carry on. The world moves so fast it would rather pass by than to stop and see what makes one cry so painful and sad. And sometimes I cry and no one cares about why. Whoa, now I feel like talking about this poem. But see, this poem seems so simple, like if a third grader could write it, but it has so much emotion within and describes so much, because think of who wrote this, a man, you know? a guy okay i'm almost getting to my poem but before i get there i wanted to read you guys the same lines again but the ones that stood out to me it says i would cry among my treasured friend but who do you know that stops that long to help another carry on the world that moves fast by and it would rather pass by i read it wrong point being he's talking about how he wished he had someone to talk to but no one really takes the time to talk to him and i think we all experience that i'm gonna be completely honest with you i've been through that a lot and that's where i called the talk lines and i think if if you're going through that where you really have no one to talk to about a specific subject or just in general i think it's a really good idea to call those hotlines um there are um so you just google it and they are like by location so you will call a number and then it'll redirect you to wherever you need to be taken to but i think this is very important like 
if you can be that somebody for somebody, I think you should be. And if you are that somebody who can't find anybody to talk to, I think it's a good time to, like, not feel despair. Like, there is people out there willing to hear you out. And, I don't know, something to think about. Because I see some Facebook posts that I think, like, you... I don't think about how I used to be. I, like, oh, that's kind of lame. I think... This person really needs someone to talk to, and I think if you can be that somebody for somebody, that's cool. Alright, to my poem. There's a line towards the bottom that I'm not exactly, like, sure of, but you can, can tell me. Teosinte. I lead a simple life. In fact, sometimes I am barely getting by. I don't think I am anything special. Most of the time, I can barely get a word out. I hide behind an alias that uncannily describes who I am. It's a puzzle for those who want to get to know me. I don't know why I am sad. It's not the kind of sadness that makes you cry. It's the kind of sadness that makes you feel despair. I'm afflicted with distant memories of my grandmother and with closer memories of myself. I realize there needs to be change. Teosinte, a small grass, barely a snack, would soon feed generations as they amaze. I, like Teosinte, will birth a generation of Sayamaze. Brown children with a smile, brown children ready to take on this world, brown children without self-doubt, brown children smarter than the child left behind, about brown children who don't feel this generational pain. And that is Teosinte, you guys. Alright, so before I say goodbye, the line that I was kind of doubting was the one of brown children smarter than the left behind. So when I got to the States, that's when the No Child Left Behind um, program started. And to be honest with you, they left me behind because they just did. Messed up, you guys. By the way, I don't know. So that is today's episode. I also had this great idea for my poetry class a couple years ago. I wrote, I, I don't know, I just, whenever I think of something, I'm like, is there a queer aspect to it? <laughs> so so um, I, every poem that I did for that class, it had something gay in it. <laughs> and then, um, I know this is like super random, right? So I am already prepping for the coming out day in October. I got a special episode for you guys. The poem is called Queer. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not going to be just one poem. I'm going to go through all these poems. And then, um, I don't know. I was going through my poems. And they are cool. As a matter of fact, I don't know. Oh, right. And so the whole, like... Um, Mexican, I'm gonna write a poem about corn. That's hilarious. It's still funny to me. But that's all I can think about. And that's like why I am an anthropology, because I really care about these things. I'm learning about, you know, Teosinte, corn maze, whatever you can call it, in anthropology class. And I'm like, yo, really? Someone that sees something wants to write a poem about it? That's who belongs there. Right? It's also like, there's a lot of like, scholarly stuff to it but you have everything who cares alright so I'll see you guys um, whenever we see each other Wednesday alright bye so before I say goodbye goodbye for reals um, 
I wanted to clarify that I didn't write those poems. I yes, that's Law and Order in the back, and it's like 12 a.m. <laughs> um, I didn't write those poems. I just analyzed them, but I don't know. I I think a lot of people think of like queer as in just um, sexuality based, but in the Lisa Cacho essay that I've been talking about for like the past week, two weeks or something, it talks about like queer time and when I first read that I was like, what do you mean the guy was like straight? What do you mean queer? And it's sort of another way of existing whether like if you live outside of like the norm that I was talking about, you sort of become sort of queer in existence. I don't know if that makes sense to you. I don't mean that, yeah, like anybody can be queer if they're not actually queer. It's a little bit more complicated than that. So watch out for that in October.